Welcome to Applied Faith with Pastor Russ Falachi, Senior Pastor of Christian Church of Broomfield, located in Broomfield, Colorado. Our mission is to provide practical application of biblical truth to help you experience true purpose and lasting change that can begin now. Here's Pastor Russ. Welcome you all. Happy Easter. And yeah, we're going to look at part of the resurrection and, and what that means presently. And we've been going through a series the last few weeks just kind of leading us up to um, resurrection, Easter. And at face value, a lot of us know the story, right? A lot of people that don't believe in Jesus know the story. And you'd ask them, you know, why did Jesus die on the cross? He'd be like, for the forgiveness of sins, which is absolutely right. But there's so many aspects of his death and resurrection that were fulfilled that we have no clue about that have implications for us today, like real implications for us on how we live, how we see ourselves, you know, how we think about the future, how we think about the present, how we think about purpose. It's more than just forgiveness of sins. That's the starting point. But we're going to see that it had to be Jesus. It couldn't be a good man. It couldn't be a good teacher. It had to be the Son of God to accomplish what was needed in God's plan because God established a plan of sacrifice. As soon as Adam and Eve took that bite of that apple and sin entered the world, the redemptive plan began, and it pointed to Jesus. But I want to look, first of all, at Luke 24, 36. And now, word has gotten out. Jesus wasn't in the tomb. The disciples are all in the room going, you know, what's happened? You know, confused, obviously confused. I mean, the last time they saw Jesus, he was, you know, beaten to a pulp and you know, scourged and nails through his hand and feet. And I mean, a bloody mess. And he died on the cross and was removed and placed in the tomb on Friday. That's the last they saw of him. Now all of a sudden, they're like, he's gone. So we pick it up there and it says, now, as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said, I love this, peace to you. Not, hello? <laughs> yeah, surprise. Like he was just so calm and chill. Because he knew, Jesus, this is why he came. He knew this had to be done. And now he had fulfilled that plan and everything was about to change. But here he is now in the midst of them saying, peace to you. But I love this. But they were what? And frightened. Of course they were. The last time they saw Jesus, he was dead. I don't know about you, but when someone passes away, they pass away. They're not coming back. We know that they're with Jesus, but you know that it's final. All of a sudden now, here's Jesus in a physical body blowing their minds. This is not supposed to happen, but it did. And he said to them, I love this. Why are you troubled? Well, let me give you the reasons, Jesus. Where do you want us to start? Why are we troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and feet. The holes were still there, but he yet was a resurrected body. He was not a bloody pulp anymore. He was not a bloody mess. That wouldn't be very victorious. But there he was very much alive, but with the scars to demonstrate that he was the Lamb of God. And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold, my hands and feet, that is, I myself, handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. I'm not a ghost. I'm not an apparition. 
I'm very present in a physical body, an eternal body. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. But while they still did not believe for joy and marveled, he said to them, all right, do you have any food here? Because ghosts can't eat. So they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb. And he took it and ate it in their presence and said, yummy. Then he said to them, these are the words. He goes, all right, guys, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me, saying everything that you knew of the old pointed to me, and I told you over and over and over again that I had to die to fulfill God's redemptive plan, but you all didn't receive it or understand it. And then he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that, watch this, repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Wow. Wow. Something very interesting here. Jesus gives reason and purpose to his death and resurrection, that it had to happen. And it was for the remission and repentance of sins. And he didn't say, go out and preach to all the world that I accomplished this incredible feat. It was amazing. He says, go and tell everybody what it was for. Because sometimes we just connect to the reality or belief that Jesus rose again and that our sins are forgiven, but it's more than that. And what was possible with Jesus in his resurrection was not possible under the old covenant, which God himself established to deal with the sin issue. And I don't know if you know much about the Old Testament. Some of you do, but just know the law was intense, but it was never meant to be final. It pointed to Jesus. But within the law, to deal with sin, animals had to die. Blood had to be shed. And it covered sin. But it didn't, as we'll see, remove sin. It didn't change the person. Let's look at, first of all, repentance. Everyone know what that means? If not, I'm going to tell you. It's a change of mind. Reversal of a decision. In regards to what? Your life. How you live. Recognizing the sin within you and saying, I'm choosing now not to do this anymore, but to live differently. That wasn't totally possible in the way that Jesus made it possible. And we're going to see why. This is a true repentance. Then he says, remission, which is forgiveness or pardon of sin. But watch this. This is what was new. With Jesus, letting them go as if they had never been committed, totally forgotten. It also means release from bondage or imprisonment. This was not available before the cross. This is the game changer. This is what the resurrection means. This is more than just being forgiven. It means not only are you forgiven, your sins are totally removed. You become the righteousness of God. And what we're going to see, he places his Holy Spirit within you so that you could actually live. 
differently. And as Jesus was alive in the flesh, resurrected, we die to sin and are resurrected spiritually into a new spiritual understanding of our lives. But yet, people do not see the cross and belief in Jesus as a mandate to live differently or an opportunity to live differently. It becomes part of like their system of feeling good about themselves, but it offers no real change or hope. The cross and Jesus resurrecting was pointed to throughout Scripture saying, here's the real deal, and it is good news, and it means complete change for humanity. Who would say we see a lot of sin happening in the world? Whether you believe it or not, there's sin and there's evil, and evil never builds life. It destroys it. It brings chaos disorder, and we're seeing the product of sin. Again, it's easier to see it out there than it is within ourselves. Jesus didn't die for sin for those who need it, just for those few that need it, because some of us are, we're good. (laughs) That's lie number one. If we're all just basically good and we're going to get to heaven on our own merit, then why did Jesus die? (laughs) He took our place because that's what sin deserves. And our standard usually is about, well, I'm better than him. And I don't mess up. I I don't struggle with that. What a loser. But when you have God as the standard, his word as the standard, his law is what said you need a savior because here's my standard. You all are going to miss the mark, which is what sin means. You're going to miss the mark consistently. And then you're going to realize this is what is necessary for missing the mark. And that is blood has to be shed for the forgiveness of sin. Do you know the first sacrifice was in the garden when Adam and Eve sinned and ate the apple? God came down, killed an animal, and then put the fur and put the skin on Adam and Eve. That animal died in their place. That's God's system. Something has to die. And God, knowing that, sent himself so that we could live differently. Okay. Hebrews 10. Writer is writing to Hebrews, Jewish people who would have a very deep understanding of the law. It was their life. So he says, for the law, watch what he says, having a shadow of the good things to come and not the very image of the things can never with these same sacrifices, which they offer continually year by year, make those who approach what? What? Notice that's what the old could not do. It could not perfect the person. It covered the sin, but it did not perfect the person in God's sight. For then would they not have ceased to be offered? If they were made perfect in God's sight, there would be no more need for sacrifice. It's done. You have been completely cleansed once and for all. It didn't happen, but it pointed to the fulfillment in Jesus. Watch. For they would not cease to be offered. For the worshipers, once purified, would have no more consciousness of sin. But in those sacrifices, he's saying, but in those every day, every year sacrifices, there is a reminder of sin every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sin. Now, he says it was a shadow of the things to come. Shadow isn't necessarily a bad thing. But it's not the substance of the thing, right? 
You see, it was, a, it was an outline. It, it was, the law communicated was an outline of the figure and the person of Jesus and the fulfillment that came through Jesus. But it wasn't the very image of Jesus. It was a shadow. Okay. If, say, you know, one of you, I'm like, I got you a new car, whatever you want, a Tesla or whatever. <laughs> whatever, yeah, whatever. Put, it, put it, fill in the blank. Like, say I got you a brand new car and I put it in your driveway. And I'm like, you can't touch this yet, but you can interact with the shadow. You can wash the shadow. You can wax the shadow. You can stare. You can Instagram the shadow. So in that, but here's the thing. I said, eventually you're going to get the car. You know what the shadow represents, right? One day you will get it, but for right now you can only interact with the shadow of this Tesla. But one day you will get the real thing. The law was the shadow. It was never meant to be the ultimate. It pointed to the fulfillment of Jesus. It pointed to the real thing that one day these sacrifices would not be necessary and we would be perfected in the sight of God because of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice once and for all, which is a game changer, which means we can live differently now. We could drive in the Tesla. But yet some of us just view church and Jesus and his crucifixion as something, yeah, I believe, but it's not meant to change my life. That's what it was for. That's the fulfillment. That's the hope and the fulfillment is that there is new life. New life. That's good news. Now, 2 Corinthians 5.20. Now remember, the blood of goats and bulls could not be, sorry about the, just trying to, could not take away sin. Watch what Paul says. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as through God, as though God were pleading through us. Notice what he said? Pleading. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. How do we do that? Through Jesus. Can you reconcile yourself to God without Jesus? For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. Now watch. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. That's the new covenant. That's what Jesus fulfilled. And when he rose again physically and defeated death and sin... And showed up again physically. He was the first fruits saying, guys, this is the hope for all of you. That there is now new life. I took that sin with me. I took that old person with me. And it was nailed to the cross. And when you place your faith in me, you become a new creation. And it's spiritually, but physically one day we will have the glorified eternal bodies but we still have within us the resurrected, resurrected power of God through his Holy Spirit that gives us a new opportunity. Question. Do you have any desire today to live differently? 
That's up to you to answer. Because that really, that's a good question to ask yourself. Because if it's not there, ask yourself, well, why don't I? Why hasn't this moved me enough? Because the reality is the resurrection, Jesus and his death on the cross, his resurrection, the grace that is found in him, moves you to the point that you do want to change. Right? You can't just have, you can't just non-emotionally say, well, yeah, Jesus died for my sin, but I'm going to keep doing everything I want to do. If you really understand what happened, if you really understood what was fulfilled, you are so moved because you realize how unworthy you are and how good he is that you desire to change. But if he's just a pastime, if he's a box that we check, if he's something that we just maybe go, maybe, you know, Christmas and this, and it's a high holiday, and we acknowledge it, that's great, but it's something you put on the shelf for a year, then I'm, I'm here today to say maybe you've just missed it a little bit. But man, his death says, today's a day. Right? And for some of you who have been going to church a long time, and maybe all of a sudden you've gotten a little kind of like blasé, know that the Spirit of God is still in you. It's still in you. It didn't go away. You just have to be reminded of who you are now. 1 Corinthians 15, 14. And if Christ is not risen, because there were some people saying, well, you know, I don't think we rise physically. And Paul's like, no, you have to believe that you rise because Jesus was the first fruit. His resurrection points to the hope for all of us. And he says this, and if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. Yes, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ whom he did not raise up if in fact the dead do not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, watch this, your faith is futile and you are still in your what? What is the great hope of Jesus rising from the dead? That we are no longer in our, meaning we have a new way of life. There is a resurrected life that we can live. Ask yourself this, do you really think you can change? If you have desire to change, do you believe you can change? And what is that belief based on? Not Tony Robbins. Not a self-help book. That doesn't deal with the sin issue. Jesus does. Now, the fulfillment found in Jesus was spoken and pointed to and prophesied, prophesied about hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before. And the good news was all about God being able to dwell within us because sins have been removed. That changes everything. Okay, Jeremiah 31, 31, we're going back. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. But this is the covenant, the new covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their where? And write it on their how? Holy Spirit. There was no indwelling of the Holy Spirit in the old. The Holy Spirit would come upon people. But it was for a season. It was for a temporary season in order to speak to the people of Israel or to strengthen a leader. 
but it wasn't a promise for all to have the spirit of God within them because this old system did not deal with sin in the way that Jesus did in order for God to dwell within us. Now, and I will be their God and they shall be my people. No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother saying, know the Lord, for they all shall know me. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is within them, convicting them of the goodness and the love of God that his word is truth and will always be truth and that God is unchanging, is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. We have the spirit of God in us that says, God loves me so much that he sent Jesus down to deal with my sin, the dark places in me that I know exist that no one else knows. God dealt with that because he loves me so much and that's written on my heart. I know God and he knows me. From the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord. Why is he able to do this? For I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. It's because of Jesus' sacrifice that your sins are removed and forgotten and God can now seal you with his Holy Spirit and say, you have been reborn. Woo! Some of you that you might not like that news. It's like, I like how I am. Well, that's, I'm praying that Jesus shows you that maybe you maybe should take a second look. Because it's the power of the cross that shows us that, yeah, I'm missing the mark. Right? I'm missing the mark. I know. I know I'm not perfect. Right? I know I'm struggling with this. I know the thoughts I have. You know, you ever said to yourself, if people actually could hear me think out loud, they would not be my friend anymore? <laughs> that I might get locked up? Think about those thoughts and know that God died for those. He knows how crazy you are. <laughs> but everything was fulfilled with Jesus. Now watch. Romans 6, 5. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, watch this, knowing this, like you guys should know this, knowing this, if you've placed your faith in Jesus... It says this, that our old man, our old woman was crucified with him. What kind of crazy talk is that? It's spirit talk. It's spiritual talk. It's where we really exist. It's on the inside. It's the place that God sees and God knows. It's the place that God understands the repercussions of what happens on the spiritual level. And he's saying that old sinful man and woman, that person that was separated from me because there was no forgiveness, you were not covered by blood, is now covered because you died spiritually with Jesus. That old person that only knew sin died so that you could come awake to a new reality. And that is Jesus within you. How much do you want the new reality? that the body of sin might be done away with. I looked up done away with. It means done away with. (laughs) That we should no longer be slaves of sin. That's another thing that changed. Under the old, it didn't give the person the power to really be set free. There was a lot of hard obedience and a lot of, I'm going to do, I'm going to do, I'm going to try, I'm going to try. But yet there was still that reminder, I still want to do that, I still want to do that, I still want to do that. This says, because of Jesus, because of the Spirit of God in you, because he conquered the grave and death, because he conquered sin, and that same Spirit lives within you, that sin does not have a grip on you. You are not in bondage to that thing. 
You may feel like you're a slave to it, but you are not. That's the new covenant. That's what Jesus fulfilled. You have been set free. Does it mean it just happens overnight? Not necessarily. It takes work, right? It takes belief. It takes faith. And it says this, now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also what? I'm going to say that again. If we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also Does that mean just get up and breathe air in and out of your lungs? No. Everyone's living that's living right now. Duh. So we just get that clear. Look around. Everyone's living. So what kind of living is he talking about? A spirit invigorated newness of life that you truly live in the midst of this chaos. Because Jesus is with you and in you and has established your footsteps and he has prepared good works for you to walk in since before you took your first breath. And why do we trade it for what the world offers? It's a good question. Well, the world's in our face. The world promises a lot of things. The world says elevate self, seek self, please self. But sooner or later, we're going to discover that I did everything I could to possibly make myself happy, and I wasn't totally happy. There's a sense of hollowness. Or there's that sense of, I'm hungry and I can't find anything to say. Ever been there? You just keep eating. You're like, nah, that's not it. That's not it. That's not it. That's not, that's, that's not it. Have some kale. That's not it. I need a fat cheeseburger. How's your life? That we will also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him, nor us. As soon as we take our last breath, we're in the presence of God, living forever. But to not receive this means that there is no blood atonement for your sin, and you will be separated for all eternity. That's not a happy message. If that message isn't true, then what's the victory of the cross? Right? If there's no hope and realization that we need Jesus to be able to live eternally, if, there's no, if, there, if that's not a reality, then why, why the cross? Because sin matters, right? And God took that and did something on that cross so that we could live now and then live forever. And we can live here abundantly. Does that mean totally blessed and rich? No, that means that your life doesn't come from circumstance, but it comes from your creator, God the Father, the Holy Spirit through you, because of what Jesus accomplished. For the death that he died, he died to sin once and for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also, those who believe in Jesus, reckon yourself to be dead indeed to what? I looked up dead. Thank you. You're dead to it. It doesn't have influence anymore. Is that a reality every day? No, it's a hard reality. But the hope is that sin is not really alive. It's only alive because you keep breathing life into it. That old man, old woman is still kind of breathing because you're breathing life into it. Because you don't know any other way. So I want this day for all of us to be a wake-up call because people around us are dying. They are lost. 
And they are dealing with the same chaos that we see in our culture and world as we see the product of sin and a very real enemy. And they're trying to cope and they're trying to, they don't have Jesus who can give them life beyond measure in the midst of all this. But alive to God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. 2 Corinthians 5.17. You're going to notice that it's the same, different verses, same message. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is what? That's not the shadow. That's the car. You're a new creation. Old things have passed where? Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. God has been brought near again. I am your God and you are my people. I am with you. I am with you. I am with you. Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. What kind of crazy talk is this? This is what happens supernaturally and spiritually. That old person, that old way of thinking, the old way that had no other standard but just to live as I know to live has been crucified on the cross. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives. Where? Where? Is that a game changer? That the Jesus that we are celebrating today, that his resurrection that we are celebrating today actually lives in you through the Holy Spirit. That's a reality. Don't you think that that might change how you view yourself and your life? That that might totally disrupt how you make decisions and the type of decisions you're making. Oh, Jesus is with me. His spirit is with me. What does that say about who I am? It says, I'm no longer this anymore. That I'm new. That I've been born again to live according to God's way, which is life. That just sounds like a bummer way to live. It's not. I'm not saying sin isn't fun. Okay? But it's a lot more fulfilling to live for Jesus. It says, which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God, who what? Loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. Again, if Christ didn't die, we'd have no hope. If somehow we can make ourselves right before God, the creator, without Jesus, why did he die, right? You're a new creation. Who right now? As we're winding down, ask yourself this. There's there's so many different levels and phases of faith in here. Some of you may not even believe in Jesus, and that's okay. Today's the day that you're like, okay, now I do. How much do you believe that you are changed? How much do you really believe it? That you really are different because you're a new creation? I ask you this. How much do you want to experience the difference? How much? Because it'll dictate what you do leaving here. Because I think a lot of us are like, oh, my, hurry, I got a ham cooking. I got to get out of here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we're, but God, trust me, God doesn't want this just to be left here for any of us. This is first, if you've been a believer for 80 years or for one year. You know, it's like, how much do you want the difference? Because 
it's always there. The opportunity is always there. And your life and your purpose rest in you experiencing the difference. And your gifts will come alive when you experience a difference that is Jesus in your life. But if it's not, it's just going to be dead religion. Who wants dead religion? Me! No. But you have not so learned Christ, and indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as a truth in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lusts. And be renewed where? Spirit of... Guess where we all exist? Right here. What is your mind telling you about your life and what it's for? He says, be renewed in that knowledge because Jesus fulfilled the reconciliation plan. It is finished. All things have become new, meaning this can change. That you put on the new man, which was created according to who? Who? Not Oprah. According to God, in true righteousness and holiness. Is righteousness and holiness something to pursue? Why? Right. Because God will be mad. No! Because you were created to be that. Now watch this, 2 Corinthians, last verse, 5.14. It all comes down to this. For the what? The what? One more time. If any of you are hearing anything different but the love of God, then I'm reading, this is for you. The love of Christ, because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. And if he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and what? And what? The love of Christ compels us. The love of Christ sent Jesus down. The love of Christ brought Jesus to the cross. The love of God put the sin of all mankind upon the shoulders of Jesus to appease his wrath. The love of God rose him up again to give us the promise of the Holy Spirit. Despite all of our sins, I want you as my child. That's love. So it's not about not sinning. It's about living. And as you live more for God, what is in you comes alive and in sin loses its grip. You don't want it anymore. Jesus showed up fully resurrected saying, this is new life. This is resurrected life. I am the first fruits. This is all of you. This is what happens to you in my name. And you may be, you know, decomposed. I don't know what you call it. You just, you feel it. I'm going to be 50 next week and I feel it. but my spirit's alive, right? It doesn't fix your situation, it fixes you. Is it worth living for? Come on, you all. Some of you just need to say it because you don't mean it yet. Do you want to live for Jesus? Do you want to live for something higher than yourself? Guess what disappoints? People, life. Guess who won't disappoint? Jesus Christ. It's truth, or I wouldn't be preaching it. I mean, I was an actor. I could have just stayed acting. This isn't acting. This is real. This changed my life. It changed my wife's life. It changed my family's life. It changed my grandma's life who just passed away. She was 97. And man, we know she's with Jesus. And she lived a life that was reflective of the Spirit of God in her. And she became the matriarch for our family to say, God's power is real. Guys, some of you, I'm just trying to think... I don't want you to forget this. 
Some of you are in some deep sin right now and you don't care. That's not life. That's not what God has for you. Do you know that? That's not your life. What you are living right now is not fulfillment. But fulfillment is found in Jesus because Jesus fulfilled God's promise. If we don't get this, nothing changes. And if we don't get this, others won't hear and see. Others will see that Jesus exists because of how you live. But do we care enough? Well, when you understand that Jesus hung on that cross, it was brutally murdered so that you could have this hope, we begin to understand. We live for a God that is loving. He is not distant. We don't have to go through a song and dance and through 60 candles and through all these different things to get to God. We get to God because Jesus opened the way and God is with us. We don't have to do a song and dance. We say, Jesus, help. Jesus, thank you. Jesus, help me see. Jesus, help me in my walk. Jesus, help me with my unforgiveness. Jesus, help me. And he hears. He's not hidden away in some cathedral. He's in you. None of this is on the notes. Church should look like this every week. Why? If we really understood what Jesus did for us and understand what life can be, this place is a place of what? Worship. With like-minded people who all know that they need forgiveness and they know that they're forgiven and they know that they're still human, but they know they have a good God. And we come together and we sing and we celebrate and we listen and we learn and we encourage. Why wouldn't we come here? We are not meant to do this out there isolated. This is a place where God's presence is felt. Why? He delights in the praises of his people. He inhabits the praises of his people. His word is alive. And as we're amening and shaking our heads, all of us are on different planes, right? It's the same Jesus. Why is it not like this? Because the world says other things are more important. Are there shame? Are there other things that say, why? Well, I don't really need it. This thing is more important to me to feel alive. Jesus is waking his church up. I don't know about you, but do you think, see things spiraling out of control going, what's the end? Well, the end is coming. Just read the end of the Bible. But now we can have life. Come on, y'all. You're going to leave here with some new decisions? Two of you. Good job. It's an honor to be here. It's an honor to preach the word. And now every time I point, there's three fingers pointing back at me. Okay? A lot of responsibility comes with this. God loves you. Some of you just need to hear that. God's not here going, man, what are you doing at church? <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen you in a couple of years. What's going on? Do you need something? <laughs> He's like, hallelujah, hallelujah. This message was for you. Amen. Jesus, thank you, Father. I pray that your Holy Spirit just move upon your people. Move upon your people. That these aren't empty words, but living words, Lord, and that you guard the heart and mind 
to stop thinking about well, what about this and this and if I do this and I do this and I do this and I didn't know, help them be present, Lord, to receive right now, now, what you have for them. And that is your love and your grace and your mercy. Oh, Jesus, we thank you. We thank you, Father. We give you all the glory, all the praise. Thank you for what was fulfilled through your death and resurrection so that all of us here today can know that we are a new creation and that as soon as we take our last breath, Lord, we will be with you face to face. No more sorrow or tears or pain. But for the life that we have left, Lord, we live for you. Help us learn how to do that. We love you, Jesus. We love you. Amen. You've been listening to Applied Faith with Pastor Russ Falachi, an outreach of Christian Church of Broomfield, located in Broomfield, Colorado. To contact Pastor Russ, visit his website at russfalachi.com. Thanks for listening. And remember, an alive faith is an applied faith.